sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is. We want to be evidence-based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice. Ethics is every part of every clinical decision that we make. And what it is that we do is we make lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say. Hello, it's Mary Clayson here. I'm a member of the WA Professional Education Committee and Senior Lecturer at Curtin University. Today I'm talking to Emily Dawes about her PhD journey. Thanks for talking to us today, Emily. It's lovely to be here. Thanks, Mary. So I'm wondering to start with, if you could tell us about the background to your research. So I found that many children with DLD struggle with inferential comprehension, and it's a really important skill for their everyday communication and also their learning. Uh, and it was a really under-researched area. So it's one that I decided to look into. And that's when you were working with the children with developmental language disorder, isn't it? That's right. Exactly. Um, so I'm wondering if you could start off by telling us what inferencing means. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about language comprehension, we're talking about understanding and inferencing or inferential comprehension involves making links between information. So going beyond what's been explicitly stated or been made really clear. Um, and we make inferences all the time. So every time we watch a TV show or a movie, we're constantly making inferences about the characters, what might happen next and how they're feeling and so on. And I guess it's the kind of skill that we we only really notice when people are having difficulties with it, isn't it? Mm, that's right. So we only it is a hidden skill, so it's um, we can't see it or hear it happening, um, but we do tend to notice when there's a breakdown. So, for example, someone not understanding a joke or missing uh, information or links in conversations um, or missing clues in a movie as well, uh, we only tend to notice it when there is a breakdown. Mm. And how is inferential comprehension important at school? So it's really important for school achievement, um, particularly reading comprehension. So once children get to about eight years um, of age, they start reading to learn. And we know that inferencing is a really mm. key skill for reading comprehension. Um, but it's also really important for our oral communication too. So it's important to think about from a young age for that oral comprehension and learning as well. Okay, so can you tell me a little bit about your research? Yeah, so I really wanted to focus on clinically applicable research, mm -hmm. which involved improving inferencing in young children with developmental language disorder, or DLD, which used to be known as SLI, yeah. um, and wanted to improve our evidence base for intervention and outcomes for children with DLD. But we didn't know what to target. So there was um, really no information about the skills that contribute to inferencing. Um, and so that meant I couldn't design and trial an intervention straight away um, because there just wasn't enough information on what contributes to it. And I remember when you came and talked to Suze and I and, and you came to us and said, I really want to evaluate how to work on inferential comprehension in children with DLD. And we all had to take a bit of a step back, didn't we, and kind of go, hmm, well, we don't know how to work on it, and actually we don't really have a good assessment of it. 
So when you um, had a look at what factors are important for inferential comprehension, what are some of the some of the skills that you identified? So um, yeah, we couldn't do an or we didn't decided not to do an intervention study straight away because we didn't have that background information. I remember you had to persuade me a lot <laughs> to to make to say you know you we can't do an intervention study straight away because we need a bit more information. So the first study in the research. Uh, looked at profiling a range of skills to mm -hmm. see which ones were important for um, inferential comprehension of narratives in young children with DLD. And um, that gave us a, a bit of information um, on, we had about uh, almost 80 children with DLD, um, and we found that narrative retelling skills, so both macrostructure and microstructure knowledge, literal comprehension, vocabulary, phonological short-term memory and theory of mind were significant contributors to inferential comprehension scores. Um, but there were only two skills that were unique contributors and those were narrative macrostructure and theory of mind. So mm. while we found a range of skills were important, we found that narrative macrostructure and theory of mind were those unique contributors in that, that group of children with DLD that we assessed. It's, that's really interesting because I would have thought that um, literal comprehension would have been a predictor of inferential comprehension. Mm. Yeah, and that was a really interesting finding. So it was a significant contributor, but it wasn't a unique contributor. And I think that's one of the key things that has come out of the research, that it's actually really important to think about inferential and literal comprehension as related but separate skills. Mm. So when we're assessing, we need to make sure we're collecting separate scores for literal comprehension and inferential comprehension and we also need to think about this with our goal setting and our intervention too. Exactly and I, I really like how leading on from that profiling study it, it highlighted to us how important or the value of using narrative as a vehicle to work on inferential comprehension, didn't it? Mm, and I think um, narrative is, is a really key thing for us. It's the context that we assessed inferential comprehension in because it's um, so important and used all the time in the classroom and it's also really important at home um, when we're listening to stories and watching TV and movies. It's all narrative or discourse context. Um, and then also um, for the intervention, it's a really naturalistic context that tends to be engaging and motivating for kids. So that was a key thing being in, in the narrative context too. Great. I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about your intervention study. Yeah, so um, following on from that um, profiling study, um, we were then able to design an intervention based on those skills that contributed to inferencing mm -hmm. and also based on a literature review of related interventions. So there are a couple of researchers who had done studies on this. Um, so Anne Van Cleek in the US and Chantelle Desmarais in Canada um, had done some great research, but there were only two studies that had, had looked at that. Um, it's, it's really interesting that despite us often using book sharing in our clinical practice and often asking those inferential type questions, that there was so little research around. You're right. So it is a really under-researched area. Um, it was and it still is. Um, so we do need more. Um, and that was one of the key um, motivators in um, researching in inferencing in young children with DLD. 
So what did you do in your intervention study? So the intervention was um, based around dialogic book sharing. Uh, so it involved story mapping and retelling alongside the book sharing, discussion about character feelings and prediction. And it was designed for small groups of three to four children in the early school years, uh, for children with DLD in particular. And um, it's designed to be implemented with two 30-minute sessions a week over eight weeks. I really like how you've designed the study because that's certainly achievable for clinicians either working in general practice or working in a school, isn't it? So to have a small group and to ha only have two sessions a week, because sometimes researchers set up interventions that are daily um, for an hour and mm. it's just not achievable in, in clinical practice. Mm, that's right, Mary. And, and it goes back to something um, that was also key in that the research was clinically applicable. So we wanted to try a small group to see um, if that would work because that would be, um, you know, really good for a lot of clinicians. It could save them time. And also the sessions being half an hour uh, is also, you know, it's relatively quick too. Great. Okay, so tell us about what you found. This so, is the exciting bit. <laughs> um, so the intervention was a randomised control trial or an RCT uh, with a group of five-year-old children with DLD. And um, half of the children received the inferential comprehension intervention and the other half received a phonological in awareness intervention, which act as a, acted as a control. So at the beginning of the study, there was no difference in the narrative comprehension scores between the two groups. Um, but after the in intervention, there was a significant difference for inferential comprehension scores. Um, and we found that the group which received the inferencing intervention had significantly higher scores compared to the control group. And that difference was shown on two different narrative comprehension measures and was also maintained two months following the intervention, which was a really fantastic result. It was very exciting when um, we got all the, the stats, um, or ran all the stats. Absolutely. And I wonder if you can tell us what you've been doing since then. Sure. So um, we've been busy uh, writing and publishing a few articles uh, and also getting the intervention um, into a, a kind of package that's been made freely available for clinicians to download and use. Uh, so that's um, on Dropbox. Uh, so it's, yeah, we wanted it to be clinically applicable and we've got it freely available there. So you mean I can just use it, I don't have to purchase it? I, I can just download it. Yeah, that's right. So we've got a link, um, which I'll, I'll give you the website in a minute for that. Um, there's a link that people can go to and they can just download the whole package and use that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we also have, so as part of the research, we needed to assess inferential comprehension and we found that there really weren't many assessments available. Mm -hmm. And so as part of it, we ended up creating two narrative comprehension assessments uh, using narratives that were available through Black Sheep Press. 
Great. So that's the squirrel story and Peter and the cat? That's right, the squirrel story narrative comprehension assessment and the Peter and the cat narrative comprehension assessment. And they're also freely available. And what was the website? So the website you can go to to find all of the resources is www.languageandliteracyinyoungpeople.com. Um, we love hearing feedback from people who are using the assessments and also the intervention program. And we have um, some guideline norms available for the Squirrel Story Narrative Comprehension Assessment, which were published last year. Fantastic. And what about one last take-home message? Sure. So I think it's really important for clinicians to uh, think about inferential comprehension as it's a really critical skill for both oral and reading comprehension and we need to be thinking about it from a young age so we can support it orally and support children's later reading comprehension. And lastly, I'd like to mention that language comprehension is still a really under-researched area, so I encourage clinicians to complete small research studies in their clinical practice and also for more research focus in general on language comprehension. And again, um, please do get in touch if you use the assessments or the intervention and if you've got any feedback. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Emily. It's been great to hear about your research. Thanks, Mary. We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening and bye for now.